0: Hey there, podcast listeners, welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your almost-witty hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub.
1: Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the Department Spokesperson, Chris Gouts. Chris, we have an amazing guest on today. We have an icon of the Department of Corrections. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to have to guess who it is, okay? She has, I don't know, roughly 41 and a half years of service with the Department of Corrections. Uh, she's she's you know done a lot of work in FOA. You, you got any guesses so far? You know who it is? Shaking your head no. Okay. Well, we have on Denise Alsberry. Denise Alsberry is retiring this Friday, October 5th, after 41 and a half years of service, um, and we finally got her on. We've, we've had this podcast now for... I don't know, at least three years, maybe two years. And, you know, she's always been the, one of the, one of the people we want to get on and she's finally on. So, you know, Denise, you're, you're going to retire in about three days from now. So thanks for coming on field days. We appreciate it.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you for hijacking me into in Chris's office.
1: That's right. So that's, that actually, that's what happened is I didn't tell her what we're doing. I went down and said, Hey, I got a surprise for you. Denise, come on upstairs to Chris's office. And in Chris's office are a bunch of mics and she sits down and we start talking. So, um, you're right, I apologize up front, but you're going to be gone in three days, so I don't know if it really matters. Um, but let's talk about you and your career. So you, you, 41 and a half years, that's a long time. Where did it all start? How did it begin?
2: I couldn't coach high school football because I was a history major in college and all of those positions were taken by the high school football coach. So I was looking for a job and uh, at the uh, Michigan training unit in Ionia and uh, interviewed for a... Corrections officer's job there with Mr. Hanlon, who at the time was the warden of the facility. Mr. Hanlon asked me some very interesting questions, which you could not ask nowadays. Like, are you going to get married? Do you have a <laughs> boyfriend? Will you move to Wyoming? All of things I said, I made the correct
1: response to. So w- was hired. no, yes, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure those are illegal questions now. So you started off as a corrections officer at, uh, which is, which is funny. The warden, uh, warden Hanlon, is now where MTU is, and the prison named after him. Um, so what was, your, what was it like back then? What, what was what was uh, the life of a CO like? And
2: well, there was no formal training for us at the time. I mean, we were sort of like on-the-job training. There were uh, four female corrections officers here at the time, and uh, there were also no uniforms for us. So that we had to go to the local J.C. Penney uh, store downtown to pick out our outfits. Our driver, a prisoner driver from the facility, drove us down to Ionia. Okay and uh, we picked out our uniforms and he brought us back another thing that wouldn't happen now a yeah,
1: little little different than what goes on now
2: at that time we could only work in on the towers in the uh control center the front desk and the visiting room and the mail room those are the only places the women were allowed if we went inside to go to the od for lunch we had to be escorted by a mail officer so things were wow.
1: different. oh yeah how, how times have changed so, you know, that, that, was, that was 41 and a half years ago. What, when did you make the jump to FOA? And talk about why you did that and, and kind of why you stuck with FOA throughout the
2: years. Well, I knew that I, I really liked working with offenders. And at that time, the chances of working with offenders um, in as a female, the facility was not going to happen. So um, I um, had worked as a RUM at the Kalamazoo County Jail for about two years when we had female offenders from uh, Dehoco uh, housed there. Fifty of them were housed at the uh, Kalamazoo County Jail, so I had this RUM. And then uh, I was able to transfer to um, the parole office in Kent County.
1: Okay. So from there, you've, you've worked your way up through FOA as a supervisor, region manager, the operations administrator for a short while, and then uh, to where you're at now is the... Assistant Deputy Director in OPPS, which is Office of Parole Probation Services. Talk about some of the highlights of your career. What you know, what have what have you you know? It's, I'm sure it's ebbed and flowed throughout your your career, but what's what's the highlights of your career? What have, what have you liked in, in this in this business?
2: Well, I have to say, back then and even now, I love working with offenders. Um, one of the things that um, I have one of my favorite stories about working with offenders is a story that I often tell at um, the um, age of graduation ceremony and that is a, I had um, an offender on my, under my supervision from 1983 until 1985. He had um, gone to prison for um, assault with intent to commit murder. He had attempted to, to kill a uh, state police and uh, he went to prison for a long period of time. During my supervision of him, he, he, was, he, was, a, a, he was very eager to uh, be successful. I supervised him like I think I supervised everybody, but uh, at the end of the day, when he, when he uh, finally discharged in 1985, he promised me he would call me and let me know how he was. And every Christmas day since 1985, he has called me and let me know how he is. Uh, He has been very successful. He was one of the individuals who was able to be hired by the department back in the 80s, and he retired as a lieutenant uh, several years ago. So I guess I'm very, very proud of him, uh, and I am, um, I mean, he's just done a fabulous job and has his children are successful, he's successful, his wife is successful. That's what we're looking for in terms of offender success, even back then.
0: That's great. I mean, I would imagine, I mean, I know I do. I mean, everybody wants to be able to say they retired knowing that they made a difference. Uh, And it sounds like in that individual's case, that's true. I mean, do you feel like, as you look back, that that you've you've made a real difference?
2: Uh, Oh, I absolutely do. I mean, I feel like um, I've made a difference not only in offenders' lives, but I think, I hope I made a difference in agents' and supervisors' lives, uh, and corrections officers' lives. I mean, I'm, uh, I was uh, there when we built the, the new correction center in Grand Rapids in the um, early 90s, and doing something like that, it has not only an effect on the lives of the staff that you supervise, but also your community. And So when I was in, in Kent County for all those years, I made a lot of contacts. I I was able to bring resources in that I am that are still in existence today, and I'm very proud of that. Mm
0: -hmm. How would you uh... How would you say you say things have changed for women um, in corrections over your career? I mean, you, clearly <laughs> things weren't as they as they are now when you first started out. But but how have you seen that that change? Uh, and, and would you recommend corrections as a career to, to women now looking to get it into either on the FOA side or in CFA?
2: I absolutely would recommend it as a career. I mean, I've seen uh, I mean, I was the only female correction or female parole agent in Grand Rapids for many many years. Now we have. You know, half of our staff is is females in terms of uh, agents. We have many, many female supervisors, region managers, um, ADDs. Two of two of the three ADDs are females. So, and of course, our director is a female. So, um, I think that it's a wonderful opportunity for women who want to get into a very, very fulfilling career and ex- exciting career. And. Uh, given the last three years with the Department of Corrections and the progress we have made and the changes and impact we have made on corrections in the United States, I mean, it's, this is the place to be. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, yeah, I was going about that. In terms of the, the changes that you've seen, the way, I, I assume that the way you were taught to um, supervise offenders uh, decades ago is different than it is now. I mean, what are some changes that you've seen, and are you happy with the way it's progressed and the way things, the way things are now?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had some. Um, obviously, you have over 41 and a half years, you have a lot of different iterations in philosophy during that time. There were times when I just had to, you know, shut up and do what I'm told to do because I didn't really agree with that type of uh, supervision or attitude toward offenders. But um, the last several years, you know, actually starting with reentry, we've made great progress in, in what we have done with offenders. Mm-hmm.
0: How do you know when it's time? How did what what, uh, what caused you to to do this? And, to do, and this. <laughs> to do this. Why are you leaving us? Why why are you <laughs> leaving us? We don't want you to go.
2: Because it is because it is time. Um, people have, who have retired before me said you will know, I knew it was just time. That second grandchild.
0: Yeah. So so what's next? Uh, grandchildren, babysitting. Uh, all, um, you'll, you'll be busier, you know, when you leave. Traveling. <laughs> traveling.
2: Yeah. Yes, we're going to. Yeah, we're, we're planning a lot of groups and grandchildren.
1: Well, Denise, you know this, the, these podcasts. Uh, this, this podcast will live on in infamy. On you know.
2: Oh, I'm so th- looking. Forward
1: yeah, that. so it, it'll it'll be here years from now, hopefully. You know, just a, a parting shot from you uh, before you leave. What's your what's your message to staff now? Like, what's what's the one thing you want to know before you leave that maybe you haven't been able to tell everybody? Right. I mean, there's, there's 13,000 people in the Department of Corrections. What's your what's your last message to staff before you retire?
2: I think that. Whatever you do in life you have to be passionate about and you have to love. If people are here for benefits, if people are here for a paycheck, I don't think that that's why we should all be here. We should be here because we love our job, we like what we do, we're eager to make changes in people's lives, we want to make an impact. And if if you can't wake up in the morning and say, I'm I'm eager to come into work today, maybe some days are better than others, but you're eager to come into work and you're eager to get to work that's what you should be doing. You should have that in your gut. Uh, If you're not, I think you're going to be unhappy.
1: Well, that's a great message. You know, Denise, I mean, we, we've worked together, um, especially for the past few years, a lot together, and I'm sad you're leaving for sure. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to miss the heck out of you having you up here on the third floor. Um, But, you know, the the legacy that you leave is um, a profound one. It's, it's huge. You've, <clears throat> you've had such an impact on this Department of Corrections and the staff and the offenders and and who knows the ripple effect that's gonna have on offenders, families, staff's families, you know, it's just it's it's endless. So y- you've made an impact here. Um, we're We're gonna miss you. We, we can't thank you enough um, for everything that you've done for the Department of Corrections. I'm excited that we got you on the podcast before you left. Uh, sorry that I had to trick you into it, <laughs> but you know I, I can't thank you enough um, for everything you've done for me. And I'm sure the department can't thank you enough for everything you've done for it. So, thank you. Enjoy your retirement. Have fun traveling. Um, enjoy the grandkids. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll miss you when you're done. Well, Chris, I can't believe we finally were able to get Denise Alsbury on the podcast. It's been about three years. We've tried. Um, and we finally have accomplished it a few days before she leaves forever and retires. So, um, it was great to have her on. You know, you got to hear a glimpse of Denise's passion for the work she does she's been doing it for a very long time 41 and a half years Chris that's, that's longer a, than you've been alive <laughs> I'm closer than you are to that to that number though uh, but yeah she you know she's been around doing a lot of good work for the department for many many years so very very sad to see her go um, she's been wonderful to work with but I'm sure she has bright things in her future traveling grandkids uh, you know you know the works Chris
0: yeah, it's gonna be like you said. It's gonna be very sad to see her go. I'm I'm glad that we had her on, and I think she had some great words and and a great message to share. Uh, and hopefully, because she's would always speak at your your graduations or your. Um, New agent, new agent Yeah, yep. the ceremonies, and so now you know she. They, then, then future agents aren't going to have the benefit of, of that story. So now we, maybe we can, they can play this, or somebody can share that story in some of some new fashion. So I think I think it is good for people to hear. So congrats, right. uh, Denise, on your uh, very well deserved retirement.
1: Yes, and you know where else Denise was uh, last week, Chris? She was in the UP. One last trip. Yeah, she was. Uh, she went to the UP to to attend the UP staff meeting. All the agents up there come together once a year, usually end of September and the two supervisors in the UP, Stephanie Gordon and Kevin Ayatt, a very close friend of the pod, um, had their staff meeting. So deputy director Marlon also got to, um, travel up to Marquette and attend their two day staff meeting. Um, it's, it's great. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Um, it's, it's really cool because not, you know, it's not often that it's a very, very large region up there. Not often that, um, the agents get to see each other. They, they all work so closely together up there cause it is, it is unique. They're above the bridge. Um, so it's great when they get to come together, they get to talk to each other, they get to network, they get to reminisce about, you know, the uniqueness of the UP um, and they get to have a staff meeting. So it is cool. And, you know, Chris, we've had Kevin and I on the podcast finally uh, a few months back. I think it was our 100th episode, wasn't it? That's right. <clears throat> and, you know, he talked about some of the unique things up there as far as being an agent. He talked about an agent um, taking a boat to the island, getting on a horse, doing a home call getting back on a boat. Um, he talked about agents uh, flying to do home calls. He talked about agents. Um, didn't he talk about an agent at a snowmobile maybe? Doing home call? I, I can't remember. But, you know, it is unique up there, and they have um, a lot of cool stories of uh, just some of the difficulties of being an agent because it's such, you know, it's, it's such vast land, and, and, and um, home calls aren't easy up there. So it, it was fun to actually go up there and see everybody. You know, they, they do have a lot of fun while they're up there. Um, but more important, you know, they do some amazing work, and they, and they are the face of the department up there. You know, Chris, like, if you're an agent down here, if you're in an office of 50 people and somebody needs you, they, they go through the supervisor, they go through somebody else. When you're an agent up there, you are the face of the department. There's, there's one supervisor um, for the western half of the UP. There's one supervisor for the eastern half of the UP. So you could be six counties away from your supervisor, and um, you are the face. So when law enforcement needs something, they're not going to the supervisor. They're going to you. Um, there's stories of an agent mowing his lawn and law enforcement coming by his house and saying, hey, do you, uh, I picked up your guy. What do you want to do with him as, as he's out mowing his lawn? So um, it, it is cool to go up there and see uh, the differences of just, you know, the differences of being an agent under the bridge and, and then over the bridge. So um, good time had by all. Uh, we really appreciate them um, inviting, you know, everybody in, in FOA up there. It was nice that um, most of the administration, um, if not all the administration, I think, got to attend. And uh, it's, it was a fun, unique experience.
0: Well, very cool. I'm, I'm glad you got a chance to do that. I know you invited me, but I was a little, a little too busy down here. I had some things going on, so I couldn't make Actually, it up. Actually, we didn't invite you. We, you <laughs> just thought we did. That's all. <laughs> I would have loved to have t- t- attended. And I, I know I'd love hanging out with you guys and getting to meet all the great staff up there and Kevin and, and so many others. So maybe maybe next year if you guys uh, do, do, do do this again and, and think to invite
1: me this time, maybe I can
0: make it up. Well, Greg, you know, we thought we were just going to have our interview with Denise and that was going to be it, but we actually have some breaking news to report on on this podcast.
1: It's the new fiscal year, right? Is that the breaking news?
0: No, that is not the That is not breaking news. That is the same news that occurs every October 1st. That is not, by definition, not breaking because we know when it's going to happen. So, Greg, (laughs) actually, it's breaking that we have another 48 hours to take the employee engagement survey. We thought we were going to be reporting on here that we are now done with the... Survey. It was supposed to end October first, but you now have two more days to uh, get in and take those, uh, take that survey, and get your get to make sure your voice is heard. So we really encourage you to do so. You should know by now what the survey is all about, but if for some reason you're living under a rock and you haven't. You can go back and listen to our podcast a couple of weeks ago where we talk about. The survey, the importance of it, and so we really hope that everybody goes out and takes advantage of these last uh, these forty-eight hours left. To uh, or by the time you hear this, about twenty-four hours. Uh, we we better take to her her the survey,
1: Chris. We better get up.
0: This I made speed. sure to take my survey go quite run, a while ago, so that survey. I could lord it over you that I had taken it. And you had so, <laughs> but no, you got just another day or so to take it. Uh, please take that time. Encourage other people to take it. It really is important. We do look at every result. I know. Deputy Director Marlin looks at everything that comes every, in from every, FOA, every, every comment. comment yeah. The director does the same thing when she looks at all across uh, the whole department. We, that feedback is really important. Things have changed because of it. You're listening to one of those things. Uh, the, the podcast is born as a result of the survey, so that may maybe make you like or dislike the survey depending on your I point thought, of
1: view you were talking so i meant they, they hired you that was that's what changed
0: <laughs> well in, in some small way okay. yes they, they knew they needed to get rid of russ <laughs> just kidding russ but no please take the survey and uh we'll be back uh hopefully in, in a week or two to tell you what the final numbers were of, of how many what percentage took the survey and then probably another month or so after that we'll we should be able to get into some results
1: yeah i, th- I think the, the, what they said on the podcast was um november ish so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get everybody the results and kind of uh, you know where we're at right now when when we get those hot off the press.
0: Yeah, and uh, well, this isn't breaking news; it is news, although it is sad news. But if you listen to last week's podcast. We had on some folks who were living their glory days college football wise. We had on Warden Shane Jackson to talk about his time playing football and baseball at Eastern.
1: Yeah, super impressive.
0: Yeah, we had uh, Daryl Stinson from SAI talking about his time uh, playing against, uh, playing for CMU and and actually beating Michigan State University twice at Spartan Stadium.
1: Making some impressive tackles during that game.
0: Yeah, and so that was all done with a purpose because CMU was playing. Uh, against MSU at Spartan Stadium this past weekend. And so that's hey, how we you know who else we that. forgot
1: to mention on that podcast um, was a Michigan State Spartan who works for us right um, down the street here at the Lansing Probation Office, and that's Boyd Myers.
0: Yeah, as a Rose, he, Bowl he was on that
1: Rose Bowl championship team in the late '80s. Um, so you know, shout out to Boyd, who uh, I believe was a center. If, if you know him, he's not a, he's not a huge guy, but, uh, but he was a center on that Rose Bowl team. So um, shout out to Boyd, who uh, that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, I'd like very to see that good. ring he's got. I'm sure he's got a nice. Giant I, don't, I don't think ring.
0: he beat Central, but he, you know, I guess they won the Rose Bowl, so that's some, <laughs> some cancellation, <laughs> so, so I guess. But sadly, though, I, I was there at the game thanks to uh, the, the help of friend of the pod, uh, Lieutenant Levins, who was able to help me get into that game, so thank you to Lieutenant Levins. But sadly, uh, CMU fell just a little bit short, 31-20. to 20. It was a very good game. Uh, but sadly, no, we didn't have Daryl on the field, so we weren't able to have yeah, that magic. Yeah. Uh, sure. To come back, although in 27 years ish, CMU's beaten them three times. That's pretty good. Pretty good odds. Since we also talked about, we talked about Central. We should also mention the Eastern also played last week, and I'm, I don't know if Shane it was a heck of a game. I don't know if Warden Jackson was at the game, but the, sounds like they sure could have used him on the field too. Yeah. Came down to three overtimes against Northern Illinois, and they ended up losing a very close game. So not a, not the best of. of of events are not the best best I of be, weeks I, I would not
1: call that the podcast bump
0: that, that was not that's the podcast the bump. The that, podcast that was bump. the opposite whatever the opposite of a bump is that that's yeah. what that's what our uh, our guest had but there's always next year
1: although i am excited that central did lose so uh, <laughs> that that's that's a good thing but and
0: i'm if, sad that western actually won
1: that's that's right so enough about college football chris you know people people don't want to hear about this all day but um, it, it is nice to talk about our guests who were just on because i mean what an accomplishment again to be d1 players um, college football players and then uh talk about their experience years later it was it was was fun and we had we had a good time doing that so yeah i think that's uh, i think that'll wrap this one up chris i think uh you know next week we'll have another episode so make sure everybody tunes in to uh next week for another episode of field days podcast all
0: right as always thank you for listening we'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast you can do that
1: by subscribing to the show on itunes and leave us a review you can always follow the department on facebook at mi corrections and on twitter at michigan doc as well as the FOA account, at MDOCFOA, and the CFA account, at MDOCCFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.